We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, brought to you by the good folks at WinBet, W Y N N B E T. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. Another uh, weekend, another major young running back goes down with an injury, torn ACL for J.K. Dobbins. He is out for the year. He might have some LCL damage. You're checking that part out too. Massive injury. Uh, it just, it's been a busy, busy uh, injury preseason. Uh, you know, Acres first before even before the preseason games even started. Travis Etienne, and now the news on Dobbins. Really awful news, Chris. Yeah, uh, I actually it was really quiet for a while, right? It was just Acres, and then Michael Thomas. You know, we're like, oh, he actually had surgery in June, but it wasn't new. It was just we didn't right. hear about it. And then there was nothing. I mean, there was you know a month went by where at least a few weeks went by where I'm like, man, we're overdue for some disastrous news. And then Etienne, which hit me really hard. Uh, personally. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, now Dobbins, you know, those are two guys, the ETM was going the third and fourth and Dobbins was going to the third. And so those are two big ones. Acres is going late first, early second. So that's, you know, three pretty big preseason injuries. And then of course, you know, we got Irv Smith is out for, I don't know, we don't know exactly how long, but maybe a few weeks. T.Y. Hilton, Hilton is basically yeah. undraftable. Now I moved T.Y. Hilton way down. Um, so yeah, it's starting to, uh, of course the preseason took out, uh, some, you know, players that we wanted to see yes yeah it did and you know that let's look at what it does with the ravens uh gus edwards is obviously now the starter uh you know there there's you look behind him and you know you know the justice hill hasn't been healthy uh he's been out for a while tyson williams that's ty apostrophe son williams and justice hill are the guys i wouldn't be surprised we got two weeks now still at the start of the season i wouldn't be surprised they bring somebody else in the reports I'm seeing is suggesting that Williams will be the guy and not uh, Hill just because Hill's been hurt. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Hill's like a pass catcher. So if he gets healthy and makes the team, you know, he may be the third down guy because Gus Edwards doesn't catch passes, at least as far as we know. Um, right. And I don't know what Tyson Williams' you know, skill set consists in, but it, it almost seems like you'll have Williams coming in as sort of like the, you know, the dispel Edwards. And then maybe Hill in on third downs is what I would guess. Right, right. And, you know, the thing I want to, I, I kind of wonder about though, too, is, uh, you know, they, you know, can maybe it's just they didn't, they never asked Gus Williams. I mean, Gus, Ed, sorry, Gus Edwards. Gus Williams would be really difficult to do, but Gus Edwards, whether or not he could actually, pa you know, if he, if he's capable of catching passes, um, because, you know, maybe he can. It's just they didn't need him to. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's weird what's involved with the running back catching passes, right? He's never caught passes. Mm -hmm. And they they had, you know, teams with Ingram would catch passes and Dobbins caught a few. He didn't catch a lot, uh, but he caught some last year. And they had, you know, players that caught passes. And Gus Edwards caught seven passes last year in 16 games, two passes in 11 games in 2018. Sorry, nine passes last year, seven in 2019. I think if he could, he would. I think they, I mean, they yeah. see him in practice every day. Um, I'm sure he can block. He's 6'1", 238. I'm sure he can do that part of the third down work, right? I mean, right. It, it's not always just size, but you know, he's he's like having an extra tight end in there or maybe more because he's so he's short for his weight. 
but yeah, I have Edwards projected pretty highly. I think I'm like 22nd in PPR. Uh, I have him for, you know, pretty heavy workload carry wise and, and, you know, nine touchdowns. So I'm, you know, I'm 22nd. Doesn't quite get the same boost as James Robinson did with Jacksonville when ETN went out, but still a pretty big boost. Yeah, I think the difference in full, I mean, in non-PPR, even half, I think it's close, but yeah. I think in full PPR, the difference is Robinson can catch passes. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I'm just looking at, looking at his college stats. Now, even in college, 13 was the most he ever caught at Rutgers. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, probably, yeah, it is not the same sort of guy. Plus, they just don't throw to the backs as often, too. I think that's the other difference. So, uh, yeah, at, that's pretty much looking like at a fourth or fifth round price on him. Uh, Daryl Henderson or Gus Edwards? Probably Edwards. I'm a little nervous about Henderson. There seems something a little shaky about him. I like his yeah. skills. Like he looks good. I watched the guy play. He's got burst. You know, he gets the ball and he turns the corner fast. And you yeah. think this guy's, you know, he looks pretty good, but there's always something with him. He's always been a little nicked up. He's nicked up this preseason. They brought in Sony Michelle, um, who might be good. I mean, Sony Michelle's always had this knee problem, but if he ever got over the knee problem, he might be good. And I think Michelle could just take the job. Like I don't. You know, I don't know that um, Henderson is that uh, established, but Gus Edwards is the guy there. He's going to be a poor man's Derrick Henry. You know, he, he's right. not as good. He's not as big or powerful, but he's in a great situation where they're going to run a lot and they don't have a lot of depth. So I think that Edwards is going to get like 280 carries. I mean, I think he's got a ton of work and yep. he's he's stout enough to handle it, I think. And, um, and it's just like a guaranteed, you know, thousand yards nine ten touchdown i just think it's just like a a real floor pick in the fifth round yeah i i think so i wouldn't be surprised in the next week and a half you see edwards really start to climb i i, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts moving into the fourth uh yeah. it'd be my best bet it, it's like chris carson with durability you know or at least no durability questions right you know i, I mean chris carson will catch some passes so he's not quite as much upside as carson but i just can yeah. handle so much more workload i i don't know i i think it's yeah, maybe fourth round will be right. I might move him up. I haven't at like 22nd. It's hard in the PPR to make the stats work. I haven't at 287 carries. And maybe I'll give him a 10th touchdown or something. But it's really hard to push him beyond guys who get 30 catches when he has like, you know, 10 or something. Yeah, that, that's the question is, does Tyson Williams or anybody else that they add, does that that all of a sudden change things? Get it to the point where there's now some, they're, they're going to be a, a pass catcher in there in the mix as well. Because you know what? We always say, well, there's no one behind him. Oh, there's nobody. It's just nobody we recognize. Nobody that right. we're familiar with. But teams right. always it's, find it's a the, guy that's someone. It's the opposite. I moved him up to 21 from 22. Uh, I just gave yeah. him another touchdown. But um, it's the opposite thing with like, oh, but Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines are there in, in Indy. It's like we know the right. names, so we assume that's a threat. We don't know the names. We assume there's no threat. You know, just because we know the name on the jersey doesn't mean there's not a guy on the roster who's a professional football player uh, who's, you know, a sicker athlete than you've ever played with at any level uh, who's trying his hardest to get as much work as he can. So, yeah, I think the names on the jerseys are less relevant unless it's somebody who's really, really good. Yeah. And looking at Tyson Williams, you know, he, he didn't play at all last season. He graduated from BYU 2019. Uh, he's Gonna, he, he he's the guy that's kind of turning a couple of heads at least he's getting opportunities he's impressed a little bit in a preseason game against the panthers uh, uh took five touches uh on saturday against uh the football team went five for 41 that seems good nate mccrary's also there by the way there's another name for you too but you know the thing is williams man, he, there, there's a case he's making a case for it back in august or early august I, it is august but mid-august there was like there is a, we had a note saying he's making a case for making the team. This is well before any injuries came up. Uh, so perhaps this is something uh, that could be interesting. He spent all of 2020 or most of 2020 on the Ravens practice squad. So they do know him too. So, you know, he could just, he could step right in. He could be that guy. I want to look at the macro issue here though, too. We lost, we lost acres. We've lost ETN. Now we've lost Dobbins. Is that putting any pressure on you? to try to get that those two running backs early now that the, the no, pool has been no. depleted a little bit. No, because it's not been depleted because um, Edwards is almost where Dobbins was. Robinson is ahead of where either he or ETN were. True. Um, and so, you you know, now uh, Darrell Williams slash Sony Michelle has not replaced Akers yet, but that, you know, we've had that for a month. Darrell uh, so Henderson. We, we, I mean, Dar who did I say? Darrell Williams. Oh, Williams. Yeah, yeah, Darrell Henderson. They haven't replaced Akers in the ADP. But of course, Darrell Henderson's still in the low 20s. Um, yeah. So, you know, we 
we still have the same amount of depth we had. It's just different names. So I, I wouldn't, I, I don't think it changes anything. I do want to get a running back in the first round. I've seen actually in a lot of the uh, recent uh, boards that Tom Kessenich posts from the NFFC that there's a lot of Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs and uh, Tyreek Hills going in, you know, mid first round now. They're, they're pushing up these receivers and there's a lot of uh, receiver, heavy receiver builds. And man, if you had a, a, a zero running back with James Robinson and, and Gus Edwards, that looks like a good team right now. Of course, right. you're, you're catching perfect by doing that. But uh, but the point is just that I've seen a lot of receivers creep up in the first round, the second round, no-brainer guys, because the running backs, you know, people are sketched about all of them. It's really weird. It's like nobody was doing that uh, early in the draft season. Now you see Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley going in the second round routinely. Uh, it's Najee Harris going to the middle of the second round. It's very strange. Well, yeah, and just look at your latest uh, beat Chris list. You saw Metcalf go up into the first round too, and uh, just that, that changed things. Well, that was because bit. of me. That was because the it guy, was because of you because he knew well, that you would have taken him. Yeah, yes, he knew he had no chance to get him in round two, which was true. I mean, unless ri- crazy stuff fell to me like Barkley and Taylor, which wasn't probably going to happen. Right. Um, and so, you know, he had basically no chance to get him in round two, and he was like, "I if he's the guy you like, you got to take him." So he did, but he might have taken a chance had he known I wasn't for sure going to take him in round two ahead of him. But yeah, Metcalf went in the first round. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think it's a bad pick. Um, if you know you're not getting him in the second, it's not a bad pick. Yeah. Looking at my grid for uh, Friday, I did beat Jeff Erickson too. And Bob Cramutola, who's in every single one of my drafts, I think both of our drafts, he's yeah. always in there, went four receivers to start. Uh, and of course, he got Edwards in the 11th round. So he's already like, his, his strategy is already kind of vindicated. Uh, if you, you know, he's, he's already gotten out, he's already got himself a running back starter and four stud wideouts and Kyler yeah. Murray. Well, that's uh, a great, that's great. You know, and that, and that is the whole point of the zero running back philosophy. Um, yeah. and just to back it up, it was Sean Siegel who did it and won a big contest in it, you right. know, about six years ago. And it was, an, everyone was drafting running backs and he went all receivers and a full PPR with three receivers and a flex. Um, I, you know, I, I don't like reading columns when I see like it's a two receiver league with one flex and two running backs and, and, a, like, oh, and a no PPR. Yeah. yeah and, and like, oh, zero running back just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, of course it doesn't work in that format. Of course right. not. But in a three receiver flex full PPR, then it can work. Now it hasn't worked in recent years. A, cause a lot of people are doing it B because the running backs usually one year league last few years. But, um, but this is the philosophy behind it is you get these, you know, receivers, um, are more volatile week to week but they're more reliable year to year. So, you know, the chances that a healthy Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams or uh, Metcalf or Calvin Ridley doesn't, you know, live up to not necessarily his ADP, but 90 catches for 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns is almost nothing. If they're, they're healthy all year, they're going to do it. Um, and, and they don't get as hurt as often as running back. So the idea is you bank like three or four guys at the beginning of your draft that are just rock solid. And also you don't have to make lineup decisions where do I start Devonta Smith or Jarvis Landry this week? You know, you, you won't right. go here. You leave these receivers in running backs are more obvious and then you gamble. But part of the gamble isn't just like, Oh, I'll take Mike Davis in round five. Part of the gamble is running backs get hurt a lot. So if you have James Robinson and ETN gets hurt, all of a sudden he's a third round back. If you have Gus Edwards and JK Dobbins gets hurt, all right. All, all of a sudden he's a fourth or fifth round back. And suddenly you have the elite running back without drafting him. Running backs can really change value quickly when the guy yep. ahead of him gets hurt um of course we can't predict that but you get you know you get a couple of guys you can use like a mike davis or a miles gaskin or something and then you get a whole bunch of guys who and robinson was usable already edwards was quasi usable in a ppr not really already but you get a whole bunch of guys like that that you know one injury happens and suddenly they're they are just as good as the other running backs um and so it you know it can really work um but if, if it doesn't work, it, it just doesn't work. If you don't get the running backs to pop, you're, you got Naheem Hines in your lineup every week, and it's it's not that fun. But it's one of those all-or-nothing strategies. But when it pops, uh, you can win the whole thing. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's – that's, and I like I like building that way. Uh, it is fun. I've, I've had a lot of receiver-heavy drafts. Uh, I did not do that, however, in the uh, latest Beach Up Eric. So we'll talk about that in a second. First, a note from our friends at WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fancy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with the user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from your sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. 
double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Jeff and Chris here, uh, breaking down the, the news over the weekend. I did uh, beat Jeff Erickson too. Probably my last beat Jeff Erickson. Maybe I'd be coaxed into doing one more. But I went 10. Chris and I 10th in this one. And I wanted to be at the back end of the draft. I've been doing like the last one I did was not first and third round reversal. I really like getting those first three picks with the, you know, getting, getting that towards the back end of the first round because you get early second, early third. I really think there's a little bit of an advantage in that. Um, and I was pretty happy with that. It was a fun draft uh, because it was different than most of my drafts. I went running back heavy early and then just tried to go volume and wide receiver. It's the opposite of what we were just talking about with what Bob Cramutola did in our draft. And he's a good player. I always refer to him a lot because he yeah, he's he's there a lot. He, he does well. But um, I don't think he it's wrong to do what he did. I think there's a right spot for everything. Uh, but I, I kind of had fun doing this because you get your three stud running backs and then you just load up volume at wide receiver, not try to chase some of these uh, back end running backs. Yeah, I like your team, unfortunately, because I like to say it's garbage when I see right. it, and, and I don't dislike I this do. one. I mean, Chubb and Metcalf is a great start, um, which Alan Soslowski will appreciate. Uh, yes. And everything's a great start with the first two picks. But I like Chubb at 10. I like Metcalf. And then James Robinson, early third. What I've taken him, I'm looking at it. You didn't have those great receivers. Robinson and Lamb went right before you. Uh, yeah. You could have taken Keenan Allen, but I'm not a huge Keenan Allen guy. I'm looking at this. Who else could you have taken? Godwin, I like. Waller, Godwin. Uh, thank God he didn't take, uh, Dobbins, uh, yeah. Waller and God. I mean, I think that's, I mean, I think that's about where Robinson should go. I mean, it's just, who yeah, else are you going to take? Thought. I mean, it's like, where is, who is he going to take? Okay. So that's good. Then you went Kittle in late four, um, which, uh, he was after Pitts already, which was interesting. You could have taken Judy. You could have taken. Yeah. But the receivers are kind of a dime a dozen there. They're all okay. You know, they're all the same. And that's you know, as Judy. late as Kittle goes too. You usually see him in the third. The thing about Kittle is he's hurt. You know, George Brittle is hurt so often, but if he's healthy, he's Kelsey, man. You know, it's like if he's, if he's healthy and you know, we're, we're crystal balling this health stuff. I mean, you don't really know. So it can be pretty good. And then you get uh, Robbie Anderson. I think it's just sort of easy money there. Just, you know, just very floor based. If he's healthy, he'll get 80, 90 catches minimum. If he's healthy, Uh, Darrell Henderson in six. uh, I don't mind it. I'm looking at his late is late six. And who else could you have taken? Oh, I like Debo uh, better, but he is the starter. I mean, he he is good and he's the starter in a good offense. So I I can't really not. And there there was a note out that day. Sean Payton said that Henderson's getting a heavy workload. We're just trying to get, uh, you know, we're just trying to get everybody else up to speed. Uh, So Sony Michelle, he's referring to mostly there. And, but you know, I, I do think I'm going to take him at his word a little bit. I mean, I know it's Sean Payton. Probably that's my fault if it doesn't work, but. Well, Sean, Sean McVay. He's, Sean uh, McVay. Sean, sorry. Sean, Sean sorry, Payton sorry. Is, is coaching two teams this year. It's incredible. He's yeah. uh, it's, no one's ever done that before. That would be a good a good task. Uh, so the uh, yeah, I, and and also like me saying he's kind of shaky and injury. Pro- I mean, whatever. Again, it's crystal balling with injury stuff. You know, you have a little inkling that he's a little fragile, but we don't know. You know, what if he plays fourteen games and he's good? I mean, he could be a monster. So you get Herbert, who's my guy. Uh, and early round seven, I just think he's an easy pick. And then, you know, your third receiver is a whole bunch of, you know, Gallup. You got Michael Thomas, um, which I don't mind there. You know, as long, you know, in, with the 10 team, 10 man bench, why not? You got Gallup, you got Elijah Moore, you got Ruggs, you, you, Terrace Marshall. I don't like Bateman and Thomas. I wouldn't have taken Bateman there, but it's, you know, whatever. It's the 13th round. Just because you got two injured guys, it's just, it is a 10 man bench, but you start to get a little. I love the Rams defense. Um, Peoples Jones, I like as a sleeper. You got the Chiefs kicker. I like paying for a kicker in defense in rounds 15 through 20. Why not get good ones? I don't, I don't know why, you know, that's just so easily available. Uh, you get Darnold, uh, the great Sam Darnold. Cole Komet is a nice backup tight end. And uh, Zacchaeus, who might, you know, who knows? You know, everyone's talking about Justin Gage, but nobody really knows what's going to shake out there. So, yeah, I like it. I think it's a good draft. Yeah, I, and the thing is, I, I like Gal better than the crowd. Let's talk about Thomas for a second here because I have said that I won't be drafting him, but – 
A, he was like two rounds after ADP. B, it fit my team. I think that was the really critical part about it is I had three receivers ahead of him. I didn't need to start him right away, but I didn't, I, I don't have elite wide receivers. I, I have good wide receivers, but I didn't get the obvious elite ones. I kind of needed to take a swing. Plus Winston was named the starter just that day too. Which helps. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. yeah I, I you does. got, I mean, this is a good team because if Mech, you know, Metcalf is elite and then Anderson is very solid. So you're only looking at one slot because you got three running backs. Now someone's going to get hurt obviously, but um, you know, right now at your starting team, you just need one receiver and Gallup is okay. Gallup is fine. Or, you know, Elijah Moore, if he actually is as good as the hype. Um, and then, yeah, then maybe four or five weeks in the season, if Thomas is healthy, then you've got Metcalf Thomas and Robbie Anderson is your three. And now you're in really good shape. So uh, with Kittle and Herbert, I, you know, it's funny. Like you're doing the same thing I do is I've been going running back early and then paying up for the tight end and the QB and then just winging it with that last receiver. You know, I just, I feel like that's just what the draft gives you. I mean, there's lots of Jarvis Landry and Mike Williams and Michael Pittman and, you know, Antonio Brown and those guys that, you know, that you can get Debo's there pretty late sometimes. So um, I, I think it's just the way structurally that it's easiest to draft. Yeah. And that that's kind of what I was going for. Uh, question on Michael Thomas. Uh, is he in his right mind to play this year? That That's a question. I mean, that's a legit question after his, his tweets, after like ghosting the Saints and all that. And I wouldn't spend I wouldn't spend a top three wide receiver pick on him. I wouldn't spend a sixth or seventh round pick on him. I got him in the ninth, knowing the risks, knowing that ninth round picks fail all the time. Uh, I think that's the way I look at it. Like the pick right after that was Sony Michelle. Okay. Will, you know, that's, there's no certainty in that pick either. You know, that, that's the sort of thing I was looking at there. Picks, picks in that level fail. Could I have taken a higher floor guy? I could have. Uh, but the way I look at it is that this point you're looking for upside. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that's kind of what I'm looking at. And that, that's the, that's the tricky part there. No, I think I think the Thomas pick is good. I mean, I'm out on Michael Thomas in a six man bench league where you got to wait around. Uh, he might not be himself, as you said. He might be estranged from the team. Something may go wrong. But in a ten man bench, ninth round, where you have three receivers, um, it's a great pick. I, I that's who I would have picked too. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll try to get get the link to post on YouTube here in a second. Here, but, you know, I guess the link doesn't work. I have to do a screenshot. So bear with me on the technology. But before I do that. Uh, Got to do a quick note from Dynasty Owner. Are you tired of the same old fantasy football leagues that get canceled after a year or so? If if this so, Dynasty Owner has your back. Go to DynastyOwner.com. New leagues for the 2021 season are forming now. Dynasty Owner unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office by incorporating a salary cap and real NFL player salaries for the diehard fantasy football fans that want the real GM experience. Dynasty Owner adds a whole new level of strategy. Are you worried that you won't be able to find anyone to play your league in your league with? Don't worry. Dynasty Owner can help you fill your league with fantasy football enthusiasts like yourself. You won't have to worry about finding enough players. You can choose to start a league, joining an existing one, or purchase a team from a previous owner. If you're serious about the big leagues, go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire and start your dynasty today. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. Uh, Chris, I wanted to talk about uh, a couple other things. Let me see if I can do the screen share here. Uh, let's we're going to try some technology. Bear with me, folks. Technology while we're doing this here. So see if that this works real quick. Now, uh, we're going to try share screen. Share screen. Go to that page. Now, it's, yeah, bear with me. That, that didn't quite work either. So screw that. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm tr trying to uh, get you a look at the uh, draft grid, but uh, that's why we're, you know, this is why. Why don't you just, you can tweet it out. You can just tweet it out, like re retweet yeah. the uh, draft grid and people who can, who are watching probably. Yeah, that's have a you. good idea. That's what yeah. I'll do. I, I'm, you're more ambitious than me. I don't even try to do the stuff. I, once I get better at this, you know, it is cool to put up graphics and stuff while you're talking, but it's hard to do both. Yeah, it is. Uh, your, your guy, Irv Smith. He got hurt. You know, so you're uh, no. wait on tight end guy. Tell me more about uh, what you're doing in result in reaction to this. I who's moved your, him down who's to your pivot to now. Well, I moved him down to like 15 or 16. Well, Gronk was my other guy. So I'd started, you know, moving away from Gronk and onto Irv Smith uh, because I just, I just think Irv Smith could have got more targets than Gronk. So I moved him to like 15. We don't know how long he's out. It might be, you know, a few weeks might not be that big a deal, but of course you got, you know, the Pianowski rule, injury optimism, starting the season, giving yourself problems already. Um, you know, so um, I, I saw Cole Komet get drafted super high in the league and it just made me start thinking like he's like a, 
is he second or third year, but he's a second round pick and there's just no depth. It's just very similar to Irv Smith, right? Like early pick, no depth on the team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Darnell Mooney has some buzz. I, I thought maybe he's too small, but you and I had that talk on XM where I started to come around. Maybe these like low BMI receivers can survive in the new, you know, uh, very sensitive environment for receivers that, you know, that you can't touch or hurt a receiver. So now um, these skinny guys who are so quick are now, you know, actually good. But I had I have Irv Smith at 15. If, if it turns out that it's a little worse, I'll move him down. But, you know, this is the free area for tight ends where you get them in the 15th, 16th round. So I may as, I'd rather have Irv Smith at, in week three uh, than these other kind of tight ends that I don't really believe in. So I have him at 15. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, it's tough, tough spot there. It's just a, it's just a bummer. Cause I, you know, a lot of times you just wait. Usually if you're waiting on tight end, you should probably have two of them though. You usually don't, although that's not yeah. always true. I did one draft where I waited and just have Gronk, you know, so I'm really kind of working without a net here, but, uh, uh, we'll see about that. Real man, there, real but. man just has Gronk. Real man doesn't ever even think there's yeah. any, any need to back up Gronk. Yeah. Gronk is sufficient. Gronk rules. Gronk, Gronk smash. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I look at Tunyon ahead of Smith now. Cole Komet, who I got, I think he's going, I think that was just like an anomaly. I've seen him go earlier in other drafts. I was a little surprised he was still there. Uh, and the funny thing is I didn't really uh, want to have, you know, I, I, I didn't really need a second tight end after getting, you know, George Kittle. Uh, well, you did. You do. I do. Yeah. You just never know that you do, uh, but that's true. But uh, no, yeah, you definitely I, need a second tight end. I So somebody pointed out my B Chris list two team, one of our uh, <clears throat> listeners, Pointing out, I've already lost ETN in round three, the min pick. And then I lost, uh, I have uh, uh, Irv Smith in round 11. I, I have, uh, do I have, he was my top tight end now, I'm looking at it. Uh, Ouch. So I have him in round 11. And then I have uh, T.Y. Hilton in round 12. So, you know, whatever, you're 11 to 12. I got Blake Jarwin, though, in round 17. So that's my tight end one now, is Blake you're Jarwin. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts a little bit. So I lost my third round pick and my tight end. And then, you know, one of my depth receivers, which is where I skimped a little bit. I was like, Oh, I've got, a, I can go volume at receiver. So I'll have a little work to do in that league. Yeah, you will. Uh, you will there. So, uh, I, and now I'm looking at my roster in the first beach Jefferson. I all, cause I knew I had, I also had ETN. So that kind of stinks. Um, but I have, I have Noah Fant and Jared cook. I don't have Smith in that one. So, okay, good. Just, yeah. you, you, you know, it's funny when you do an early draft, you're like, okay, no whammies, no whammies. Oh, whammy. Well, whammy. no, but you know, the thing is like, people are like, oh, better luck next time, you know, ETN in the third, whatever. But like, if, if I get some injury luck going forward, like that's it. Like I lost ETN. I lost Irv Smith for a bit and I lost T.Y. Hilton, whatever, T.Y. Hilton. And then for the next four weeks, I don't really, you know, the music stops and I'm in a chair each week. Um, I'll be just average at that point you know, maybe above average because you guys get hurt all the time. Like you can't be like, Oh, I lost my third round pick. I'm screwed. Um, you know, maybe if you, you know, lose McCaffrey or something, you're screwed. But if you lose your third round pick, I mean, and that, and then you get a little bit of luck, that's fine. I mean, you can't be, you know, bitching and moaning too much about Dobbins or ETN acres hurts. It's a first round pick, but your third round pick, I mean, those guys go down all the time or fail. So, um, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not like, Oh, that team's doomed. I'm like, okay. There's some work to do, basically. Yeah, there is. There is. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's just you got to get get going on that. Keep grinding. You're not dead, but you just have to work a little harder early on. Everyone's everyone's going to run into some some problems at some point. T.Y. Hilton also hurt, and, and it's kind of a nebulous sort of injury. Uh, that you know that that was they're talking about multiple weeks, but they didn't really say how clear. Cross exactly. him, cross him, cross him off. There's just no reason to draft him. The the upside was modest. Uh, the, the big takeaway from this is cross him off. Michael Pittman now probably goes back to the sixth, seventh round. He's, you know, almost certainly the number one. I moved him to 43. I could actually move him up a couple, like to 40. I'm going to move him up a couple percent. Um, let's see where he's now. 2% bump, 42, some, somewhere around that. But he is now the number one guy. Paris Campbell, there's physical talent through the roof, but he's just a name right now. He, he needs to, you know, have an NFL career. He's just never done anything. I don't think you want to just, I mean, I would draft him, you know, late. He, I moved him up. And then even, um, and, and I think that uh, Zach Pascal is going to get some targets and frustrate the Campbell owners possibly. I but agree. I think, I, I think Pittman is just, you know, just 
not definitely because he's, he hasn't really established himself, but very likely the clear number one now. I think Hilton was the, the biggest problem with Hilton that he was an impediment to Pittman. And now that's gone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and at least gone for now. Going to miss multiple weeks. It's a disc issue in his neck. But this just sounds bad. And it just sounds really bad. I don't know. A disc in the neck for a 31-year-old receiver. It just, who knows? I could be wrong. But I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not, you don't wait around for T.Y. Hilton. You wait around for Michael Thomas if you have the bench space. You wait around for, um, you know, you don't necessarily wait around for Irv Smith, but you could in the 18th round since I, I think he's a top 10 tight end. But waiting around for Hilton, who was like the 54th receiver when healthy and on my board, and that's probably about where people had him. Um, I just, what's the point of waiting around for the 54th receiver? I hear you. I hear you. Uh, you know, T.Y. Hilton, just, you know, just for the record, uh, where was he? He was following as, you're right, he was He was way down there. Uh, he was the 65th receiver. Oh, no, I, I, no, that was after the injury. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, had him, I had him 54, so I'll just say 54th receiver. Yeah, he's uh, that's fifty-one drafts as start, you know, from from the weekend only Saturday, Saturday through Saturday through today. Uh, so, and I don't assume that there's any of those from there. So, yeah, he's basically he's he's a bottom end bench spot now, unfortunately. There, so that that's that's a bummer. That's a really bummer for the. But the Colts, they got Quentin Nelson back. They got Wentz back. They did lose another offensive tackle, um, and Eric Fisher wasn't going to be ready for the start of the season at left tackle. They're down like two tackles at left left tackle right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know that Nelson was the best lineman they had, but I don't know where the tackles stack up in terms of like, you know, how I guess if you lose two of them, the replacement level is pretty low. I think a lot of times that happens like a linebacker misses a game and mm -hmm. you're like, that doesn't even move the point spread. Who cares? Uh, but then um, you don't realize they're also missing two other linebackers and the guy playing is just totally over his, you know, out of his depth. And right. then, you know, then it's like, well, it's not that they lost the guy. It's what they have to replace him. And that's always the tricky part with the offensive line. Cause you know, who knows like how good the second or third string offensive sure. line is. Sure. That that's always a big issue. Um, and you know, you see the one exception is like center, you, you lose centers. It's just deadly. Well, the center, especially like mid game, that was like an old school betting thing where if like a team yeah. loses its center that week and they've got to replace it, the guy is basically setting the, cadence at the line and everybody gets in sync off the center's count uh or you know the center snap and so um yeah so i'm looking at this so will holden is now the starting left tackle you got eric fisher and sam tevy are out right tackles braden smith so i don't know will holden is uh he played i mean he was hurt in the playoffs last year but you know he he's not like a total newbie he's played a bit you know he was he joined the Colts at the end of 2020. I don't know. I don't know much about it, but maybe, maybe he's yeah. can be serviceable. Yeah. And he got hurt for the playoffs last year too, in yeah. the case of uh, Holden. So yeah, yeah, just a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, before we get any more uh, like, you know, end of preseason talk, a quick note from our friends at sleeper. What do your fraternity brothers, Steve, Katie from work and your grandma all have in common. They're all waiting for that invite to your fantasy football league. There's no better way to hang out. No easier way to smack talk and no more customizable platform to host your fantasy leagues on this year than Sleeper. Whether you have a redraft league or a dynasty league that's been around for 10 years, Sleeper has everything you need in one app. Incredible commissioner tools and customizations, built-in messaging, support for a snake draft, auction draft, and best ball leagues, blazing fast news, stats, scores, all in a beautifully designed mobile app and website that makes every other app feel like a horse and buggy. Sleeper is the fa fastest growing fantasy sports platform for a reason. And all the cool commissioners are switching to Sleeper and not looking back. Don't just take my word for it. Download Sleeper on iOS or Android and see for yourself. You have nothing to lose. It's free. Thanks to Sleeper. Uh, I do have one league on Sleeper. It is a good app. I like it uh, quite a bit. Uh, so we had our final preseason game, uh, set of preseason games this weekend. Only three this year. Get a full week and a half for everybody to have their next game in almost two weeks for most teams, uh, just the Bucks and the Cowboys, obviously. Uh, and so that that's, you know, you know, I, I think it's uh, a little bit different this year, trying to figure out, okay, what moves are teams going to make? So the Lions released Brashad Perriman. Okay, I wasn't really drafting him anyhow, but it is a guy, guy we've heard of gets cut. 
we're going to start to see some of these roster moves just like, and, and sometimes it's, it's, it, it, it matters. Well, sometimes Latavius see, Murray like, is the other big one. Like the Latavius Murray, uh, Tony Jones is like, had a good camp and, uh, the saints beat writer for the athletic. I, I don't know her name. I, I looked, I read the article, but sorry if I forgot the name, but I think she speculated that uh, Latavius Murray is not going to make the team. I've seen uh, that a couple of times. Uh, Catherine, um, bear with me. I'll tell you in a second. Yeah, here. you can get, grab her name. But anyway, she speculated, and you know she's just a beat writer speculating, but she knows the team that Murray's not going to make the team. So that's interesting. I think Murray will get signed though if he doesn't. You know, so like one of these teams that you know we, we look at like the Rams or we look at um, one of these teams that doesn't have seem to have a lot of competition for running back. You know, the Ravens. What about the Ravens? Latavius Murray is such a Raven. You know, the perfect yeah. Raven. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Although he's like, also not a pass catcher, though. He is a little bit, though. He's Catherine a little bit. Catherine Terrell, by the way. T-E-R-R-E-L-L. Catherine Terrell. R-R-E-E-L-L. She's yeah. a good follow. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was her article in The Athletic that I read. Um, and so she's speculating. But Tavis Murray is more like Chris Carson-level pass catcher. You know, he's not a great pass catcher. But remember, when Kamara was out, he would catch passes a, a couple weeks. And he had 43 targets in 2019, the year Kamara missed a couple games. He's had 53 targets in 2015 with the Raiders caught 41 balls. He can catch a little. He's not great, but, um, you know, he's a, he's a veteran and knows what he's doing on a team that's contending. I could see there. He's a perfect Raven Latavius Murray. I'll just make that prediction. The Ravens pick him up cheaply. If he gets cut, he's not he cut might yet. Not get cut. Yeah. He, he might, might not, not he's cut. not cut yet, but that would be a perfect fit. Um, because, uh, Tyson Williams, um, is not, He's just a guy. And then, you know, Justice he's Hill. He's just really, a guy because we don't know who he is. That's the thing. Though. Well, he's right. also 24 and was even drafted or drafted. I mean, it's not like, you know, they, they, no one was talking about him before Dobbins got hurt. It wasn't like Tony Scott. I mean, Tony Jones, who was, you know, rocketing up the, the you know, people started to draft him before they even cut Murray, you know, before they're, they're cutting Murray. Like nobody was really talking about this guy until Dobbins got hurt. So I think he's more likely just a guy. Even in college, I mean, he never had more than 500 yards rushing. Um, so you don't know. He could be good, but looks like an undrafted guy, 24 years old. So I, I would say that um, that the Ravens will probably be in the market for somebody. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, I know they're going to add somebody. It's just a question of who. Oh, and, you know, what becomes available? Carlos Hyde. I don't think that's going to happen now that, the, in fact, Carlos Hyde. I saw a tweet going around talking about how much usage Hyde got with the first team offense. I don't care about Robinson. that. I don't care. about. I don't that. either. Mario was like kind of mocking that a little bit, but yeah. uh, it's like, dude, it, if you just lost ETN and you want to have a good team, you're not going to use Robinson 75% of the snaps in preseason. That's just stupid. Like you're just going to mix it up. And it, it just, so that's one thing. The, the second thing is like, even if they, weren't doing that to preserve Robinson, if they're not even conscious of that. Like, why would you just assume this usage in the preseason it portends the usage in the regular season? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree. And I actually don't, I'm not worried about that in either. Uh, so I, I, I think uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not really too concerned about that. In fact, I'm letting, I'm hoping maybe if I've got a chance to get Robinson late third, early fourth, because of that, if I'm, if that's where I'm sitting in a draft, hopefully he falls as a result. Although I just think the Dobbins injury just takes that one more running back out of the picture there. And it's just going to be a problem. I, I think that's the thing. Uh, so I had Robinson ahead of Dobbins anyway, though. So I, to me, uh, was he going behind Dobbins in drafts? Because to me, Dobbins doesn't affect that. And Edwards is going to basically replace Dobbins, maybe a few picks, a few spots lower. It's just, I think it'll have the, if you're looking for a running back in the third round, Edwards is not that where Dobbins could have been. Right. Um, that's I think true. That's they, right. That's and true. you look at uh, DeAndre Swift and, you know, his groin injury and how he's gotten pushed down a little bit because people are concerned. You know, when the coach says, I'm concerned about him being ready for week one, okay, maybe that's someone else you don't want to take. And he had groin surgery. He had yeah. groin surgery a couple years ago. So that's I mean, not, I could have taken Swift, but I took Robinson. I mean, it's the oh, same no, thing. I, I, I think Robinson's a no-brainer over Swift right now. It's not even, I don't think that's even a, a choice. I think, yeah. I mean, Swift has upside, but, I mean, you've got the guy who's the starter. Uh, the Hyde thing's great. If I can get Robinson in the fourth or something because of that Hyde rumor, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I think, I, you know, that might be the play. That might be the play. Hey, uh, before we move on, a quick note from our Blue Wire sponsors. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. So you're almost done with drafts, although most people aren't. I uh, I know I've got actually I'm not. I've got a draft today, two tomorrow. I've got uh, we've got our main events this weekend coming up. You know. What sort of things are you learning from drafts so far that you've done that you're going to apply this weekend? Is there anything that you know, you've done all these drafts now and you're changing how you're drafting at all? Um, not really. I kind of like, I, I guess a couple things. I've started to realize, and maybe this is not correct, but that I like drafting at the back end. I like that early third round pick. I really, in the third round reversal. Um, is this set my KDS? Did I get the eighth pick or no? I can still move it around. Okay. I'm, I didn't realize I, I still could set this. It's, this is going to lock pretty soon. Uh, yeah. I'm doing this as we talk, but I'm like, I, I set this a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, changed my mind. But basically I like the late picks. You know, I, I really like drafting toward the end. Um, and I, McCaffrey, if he's, I guess it's a crystal ball thing with the health, you know, McCaffrey, like maybe he's just going to be the number one guy by a mile. Like he was a couple of years ago. But um, I, I guess I feel like I like the end of the, end of the round because I think that there's really no rhyme or reason to the order these guys go in. Like I, I could see Jonathan Taylor going to 10 or Chubb going to 10 and I could take those guys at five. You can see uh, Devonte Adams at five or he could go at nine. You could see Tariq Hill at the turn or you can see him taking five or Diggs or one of those receivers, Metcalf, whatever. So I think in the back end of the first round, you're getting two really good players that really could go anywhere after the top three or four picks. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't make any difference. So give me those two guys. There's really, t- to me, there's, there's, there's two, Two choices. One, do you want McCaffrey Cook, or clearly the one-two on everybody's board almost, um, and then pick late in the third, late in the second, or do you want two guys who are basically as good as the fifth pick, you know, uh, and then an early third, right? And I kind of going toward that because Cook and McCaffrey just I don't feel like they're peak Ladanian Tomlinson, peak um, Priest Holmes, peak McCaffrey is that, and so is Cook actually when he's healthy. I mean he's amazing they're both like that but they don't have that sort of like invincible thing it would be as if like zeke elliott um with his injury history were getting mccaffrey or cook usage you know if that were the case then you have like the peak ladanian tomlinson back but i'm just a little nervous about those two guys now maybe that again i'm crystal balling injuries um and then it should just be the no-brainer to choose one two and then choose the last picks i could see the argument for that and in fact in my last beat chris list i picked ninth and i I got the first choice and i was like thinking oh maybe i should have left it at one if i was going to get the first choice and just take mccaffrey and deal with that so i don't know i i what do you think about getting the first pick like do you want one as your first choice so i did it i i don't want one in a third round reversal draft i i i think in a standard snake draft yes i do yeah because then you're you know so third round reversal so you're not just all because I'm, I'm I think people mind. need to know the difference there. I mean, it's a big difference. There was a guy in there, there, the guy that had the one pick and beat Jeff Erickson too on Friday night. He wasn't quite aware of third round reversals. First time he had done it in an FFC draft. 
And I guess he was he like, what the hell the rules? And he goes, oh, third round reversal. This is the first time I've done this. I don't like this. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, um, yeah first you don't. No, but yeah, I, is, I, are we- I'm setting my KDS in third round reversals to get towards the back. I, I want that for sure. And I'm doing a 14 teamer. It's even more of an issue, I think, in a 14 teamer that I definitely want to be at the back end of the first round. Yeah, that's true. That That changes things a little bit. But are we just wrong not to just say, look, it's McCaffrey, man. It's the guy who's going to catch 100 passes, perhaps, as a running back. You can't compete with that. In 2019, having McCaffrey was such an advantage. I didn't even want him. Somebody took Barkley first and it beat Chris List two years ago. So I got stuck with McCaffrey at two. I wanted Barkley. Barkley yep. had a, a injury play here. despite yourself, yes. And I had you know a top 25, top 30 overall team going into the playoffs because I had McCaffrey. I also had a couple other good guys. But it was like... I think I had Godwin and then he and Evans got hurt in the playoffs. I had Godwin and Evans and they were great in the regular season. They got hurt, but oh yeah, it, it was like, you couldn't really do wrong if you picked McCaffrey and he's healthy now. So like, shouldn't that, that outweighs like, oh, well I got Tyreek Hill and Antonio Gibson. You know, it's like, yeah, but he got McCaffrey, you know, and you're still getting Justin Jefferson or McLaurin or Mixon or CEH or it's or really AJ that Brown. drop into the third round that really it's the third, you. it's the third round that you care about. Right. So, yeah. you know, what are you looking at in the third round? Well, I mean, yeah, you're going to get just one of those many receivers, you know, that Cooper cup, uh, you know, that, that area, area of receiver mm-hmm. or, you know, Mike Evans, uh, he doesn't get there. Mike Evans sometimes or Godwin, um, and, or you get, you know, I wouldn't take Swift. I, I wanted Swift earlier, but I'm not going to take him probably that early. There's no running back. I really like there to be honest. So I'm probably taking a receiver. You could, you know, maybe get Kittle or uh, Mahomes or something like that with your third, you know, but like you can get a really good number one receiver with McCaffrey and then you get either generic, you know, DJ Moore, Mari Cooper type, or you get quarterback or tight end um, versus getting three guys you really are happy with, but you don't have McCaffrey. I I think it's arguable if you're not going to, again, play the injury crystal ball that McCaffrey is still the play in third round reversal. That's what I'm kind of wrestling with, whether, um, you know, it's so obvious. The thing is like, I think one thing that you can fall into one trap is that you look at McCaffrey and you're like, he's not great for number one overall, or he's, he's not, he's overrated for what people think he is. Cause they're remembering 2019. And that may be true, but he could still be overrated and still be by far the most valuable player. And I think right. sometimes we, we rate players on, on, you know, whether they're overrated or not, whether he's a good value or not based on what the market says, but it might be that he's number one with a bullet. And it doesn't really matter if, you know, he's 2019 McCaffrey or 2018 McCaffrey. It doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I the thing is, we don't have the gift of prophecy. We don't know if he's going to be vintage McCaffrey or he's going to be a vintage McCaffrey. Right. You know, that's what I mean. But t- 2018, yeah. he didn't get that many carries, but he was still, you know, so valuable because the catches, like his skill set and uh, environment make him the number one guy easily if he's healthy and cook yeah. the number two guy easily if he's healthy. Those two guys are no brainers. We don't know with Kamara and the new QB, although Winston is a good, uh, is good for him. You know, Jonathan Taylor, I love, but I mean, it's, you know, there's some variables there with Nelson, the line and Wentz, you know, Elliot four yards of carry last year, terrible per catch numbers, Henry with the carries and doesn't catch passes. Aaron Jones never got more than like 220 carries. There's all the question marks, but what, if everybody's healthy, if we're doing my health neutral rankings, McCaffrey and cook are such no brainers. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yep. You can't even, yep. so if we just do the health neutral rankings, because we're like, we can't predict this and they're healthy now. Um, am I crazy not to, you know, was it crazy to pick ninth and take, well, I got Zeke at nine, which I was happy with, but still, is that crazy not to have McCaffrey? It's uh, some, some very good players would argue. Yes. And they, yeah. and in fact, they just ranked their KDS one through 12. Uh, you know, I, I think it is. I, I still think it's, really different on third round reversal. I think that's, that's the one thing that no, I'm, t- I'm talking about. I'm talking third round reversal. I'm presuming yeah. third round reversal here. I, I still don't think it's crazy. I move one to my top one just now for the, I go went one, 10, 11, nine, 12. So I, I just yeah. cook. I like, but cook, I think like the injury again, it's crystal balling. He, he was healthy. He's missed time like every year. And he's much, he's more like between the tackles, more rough. Well, McCaffrey got popped a lot in 2019. You know, he finally, you know, he showed up on the injury report late in the year. And then last year he just broke down. What spot do you want the least? Um, I, because there's so much variability, um, probably like 
four, I guess. But I, I get Taylor there, and I'm fine. I probably get a good receiver in round two. There's really no spot because it's it's so you know it's really interesting this year. It's actually more fun to draft this year than in prior years because I think it's way less scripted. The drafts like. I got Zeke at nine, right? You get Jonathan Taylor at 10. You get Barkley in the second round or Barkley could go six. Devontae Adams could go six or he can go 10. Tyra Kill could go six. It's it's wide open. So I don't really dislike any of the slots. I mean, I just feel like you could get the, the extent to which you have a hard time drafting is going to be the extent to which it doesn't go your way based on who takes which player where, not because of what slot you had. It's going to be because the guys in your league took the guys you wanted um, and so, but you can't, you just don't know. So I, I I'm kind of like, it's wide open. I, I like the, I'm, I'm choosing one first now, then I'm going like, you know, last four picks and then I'll, you know, so right now my KDS, my last pick is, uh, five just cause I picked there a couple of times. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I just want to throw something. And by the way, our, our friend Matt Modica just chimed in and goes, uh, it should always be one and then whatever for KDS. Yeah. Uh, CMC yeah. plus that late second player in the three, four turn is setting you up for success is what he says. So I, I think it's a CMC only thing. It's not a Dalvin cook thing. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know that I just moved that to one and I, and in the B Christmas, I could have done it and I didn't, I was like, I want to draft at the end, but I'm thinking about it. Like a crystal ball with, you know, using the injury crystal ball is, um, it's very dangerous to play that game. Even though I have a vibe about like Antonio Gibson makes me nervous. Darrell Henderson makes me nervous. You know, cook and McCaffrey make me a little nervous, but so what? You know, like everybody makes you nervous. Anyone could get hurt, right? I mean, Barkley makes me nervous, but because he's going where he's going, I'm happy to have him. But if he gets, yeah. if he's your first round pick at 12 or your second round pick, you're still pretty upset if he gets, he's out for the year. So I, I think it's probably better not to engage in too much of that unless for some reason your, your misgivings on the guy are so strong that you can't explain it, but you're like, I just know, I just have a really bad feeling about this. Fine, heed that, get out. But I don't feel like that with McCaffrey. I just feel like... You know, he's a low BMI guy who got hurt last year and, and maybe isn't suited for a 180 carry job workload, but that's that's not enough for me. Okay. So there you go. Hey, any party thoughts before we sign off today? No. Uh I'm curious to see what my KDS is for the uh, you know, the high stakes uh prime time. And uh I don't know, man. You are you gonna be drafting there in Vegas for me? You're gonna be uh announcing my picks? We're gonna be doing I'm it that way. I'm going to be at the table for a little bit there, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just, but although I won't, I, don't, I probably won't announce it. But unless you should I mean, announce I it, I should text it to you, and then you should announce it. That's what we should do. It'll be funny. You're gonna be on the clock though. That's the tough part. Well, That's I mean, I, yeah, but I mean, it takes just as long to text. I could type it to you. Will never fail us. I mean, but, no, no. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll have it ready on the on the app also. But I think it'd be pretty funny to do it that way. Right on. Right yeah. on. All right. All right. Well, big thanks to uh, WinBet, our sponsor, uh, sponsoring all of our exclusive title sponsor for our, our fancy podcast. We appreciate them. W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for all the interaction. Uh, we'll be back at you again tomorrow with uh, Jake and Joe. And listen, and I are going to go do XM right now. So thanks for doing this. Take care.